When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here's your chance to get a free case of craft beer. As a listener to our show, we'd like to thank you for listening with the help of our friends at Beer52.com. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash cricket to claim a free case. If you're an England fan, you could use it to drown your sorrows after this, what will be, humbling Trent Bridge defeat. Beer 52 is the world's most popular beer discovery club, searching out brilliant and exclusive small-batch craft beers from the world's most interesting breweries. Every month focuses on a new country or theme, as Beer 52 continues its Raise the Bar competition to search for the UK's best small brewers. You could sample the likes of Unity's 7% Export Stout. I've had some of that, and it's very rich and meaty tasting. Or Boxcar's Belgian IPA. You can try your first case for free, just pay the £2.95 postage. Visit www.beer52.com forward slash cricket today. Hello there and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket, looking back at the fourth day's play and the Trent Bridge test in general after England, well, they just managed to hold on at the end of a very exciting day's play in which Joss Butler got his maiden test 100 and the uh, combination of Jimmy Anderson and Adil Rashid just about saw England through to the close after India claimed the extra time to try and finish the match off. Simon Mann and I are just going to review the game as a whole and obviously... There were there were nice moments today. I mean, especially after lunch when England didn't lose a wicket at all, and Butler and and Stokes got stuck in. You thought England are sort of beginning to learn their lessons, but you wished they'd learnt them a bit earlier and were able to sell their wickets a bit more dearly. Well, certainly in the first innings. I think the point is that England at least fought, and Stokes and Butler showed what was possible. And even Rashid and Anderson, I know it just it seems ridiculous. It's only in the sport of cricket do you have a situation like this where everyone has to come back for a fifth day for one wicket, possibly one ball. But at least it showed they just weren't prepared to give it away. And that is something after the way England batted in the first innings. I have to say, 
I thought the game was lost as soon as Root was out in the first innings. Four down for 80. You could see it. You could see it unfolding over the next couple of days, and it's come to pass. But at least England showed some spirit, and the fact that Butler got 100 and Stoke got some runs as well bodes well for Southampton. If England had been rolled out for 150, heading off to Southampton with a massive defeat behind them, then you know, real alarm bells. And India right back in the series. Well, they are back in the series. It is going to be 2-1, but at least something for England to hold on to. Totally. I, I, overall, you'd have to say that uh, England have been outplayed. They've certainly been outbatted by India, who were, were more disciplined in their first innings and, and racked up just over 300. They lost their last five wickets of 22, but they were certainly really disciplined in the, in the middle order, and Kohli, of course, cemented that. And then they, they've bowled more penetratively than England, generally. I think, it must be, I think this is the first time that India have fielded four bowlers who can all bowl 87, 88 miles an hour plus because the last time they were here they had Bhuvaneshwar Kumar who is a fine bowler but he's only 80, 81, 82. So for the first time I think in their history they've had four really seriously fast bowlers and they've had a pitch which they've enjoyed bowling on. It has that bit of extra bounce which the quicker you are in a way the more potent it is and England relying on their traditional English style seamers have bowled well but not quite got as much out of the pitch and in particular uh, I have to sort of single out Jasprit Broomra who's now only played four tests and already he's their cutting edge in fact uh, I, I spoke to Ravi Shastri the Indian head coach a couple of days ago and I said well he, you know he's, he's a handful isn't he and they said he said they, we call him crofty because he's nasty and he is. He, he's got that really awkward angle and, and zip and pace and bounce, which, which is quite a, an awkward proposition. And England haven't really properly figured out how to handle him. And the other thing I, I, I'd identify, apart from the Indian bowling, their catching has been incredible. We've now had 20 drop catches in the series, 15 to England, five, only five dropped by India, uh, only one dropped by them until the later stages of this match that Pajara dropped one but then Cook was out two balls later in the first innings Kohli dropped a hot one tonight but apart from that their Indian catching has been astonishingly good and that's just another area in which they've outclassed England your reference to Crofty, of course, is Colin Croft, the former West Indies fast bowler. Robert Croft. <laughs> yes, quite. <laughs> yeah, Colin Croft. But, but just on the catching, it is amazing, though, Sam, that you say that India's catching has been incredible in this match. I think all they've done is, is just catch their catches. And it, doesn't it show where we are, where England are in terms of their catching, that when we say oh, India have been incredible, isn't it the fact that England's standard has been so low that actually by comparison it seems that India have been incredible? I mean, there haven't been many amazing catches taken, not breathtaking catches. A lot, lots of the catches that India have taken have been ones you'd, you'd hope you'd expect to take. But I mean, England, completely different. I mean, that catch that Jennings dropped in the gully where, where, where he just seemed to go straight through him, I mean, just extraordinary. And that, that level of... Of, of, of laxness uh, in, in the slip cordon is extremely worrying. I, I think the other thing I would say as well, and we, we talked about this and we debated it at the start of the series, you felt that India would struggle, you felt that they'd be exposed by England's pace bowlers and their lack of technique, and I said, yeah, but I think England got lots of holes in their team as well. And I think this test match has shown, has really highlighted some of the holes that England have in their team. Uh, I mean, it's, it's been funny, I'm not being at Trent Bridge, but you know, following the game, talking to people, uh, listening to it, uh, watching it as well. You, I've heard so many things in the last few days. People have said, drop Jennings, drop Cook, 
Drop Butler, obviously before his 100. Stoke shouldn't be playing. Drop Broad, he's no longer the bowler he was. Rashid shouldn't be playing. Besto should play as a batsman. Butler should keep. Root shouldn't be the captain. It's affecting his batting. Pope's not a number four. And the only ones to escape are Anderson and Wokes. And Wokes because he was man of the match at Lords. I mean, it's, it's extraordinary. You know, the, the comment that has been out there, uh, both just, just listening to the media, following the media, and just talking to England supporters as well. And th- those have been the reactions in the last few days. I mean, it, it does show how much debate there is surrounding this England side not least I would say that top order yeah that's a good point I I suppose I'd have to counter by saying it's inevitable that people point the finger at at, uh, issues in selection whenever England have a poor day Mm. or a poor match that's true and you know England's instability over a long period of time has been partly caused certainly in previous decades by changing the team all the time and you know chopping and changing opening pairs and middle order players and which faster bowlers are better than others and so on and you have to stick with people that have proved that, that they're worth it over time and obviously someone like Alistair Cook has although I see that you know this year for instance he's only averaging 19 with the bat but he, I don't think you can start casting him aside he's g- given so much service to England for so long and in a way in a way you have to, to at least allow Cook to call time on himself but in Jennings case he just looks like a startled rabbit to me he looks a walking wicket as he did in fact in his first incarnation in Test cricket you then watch him in the field and he, he can't catch either so it, it's a horrible situation to be in, but he just doesn't look relaxed or calm or as if he feels really part of it. He's a lovely bloke, but I just don't think he's quite got the talent or the self-belief to be able to, to do what is a very tough job. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it, it would be easy to listen to all those observers, many of whom care and obviously many of whom uh, have, have astute observations. But if you start just churning out the team and, and bringing in new people, that's not going to help at all. What they have to do is, is the selectors is sift out the the obvious from the extreme and say, right, now there's one or two p- points we need to change. Clearly they need a, a solid opening pair. We haven't really had that England for five or six years since a- Andrew Strauss retired. And the other thing, I think, is is to look at that number four position because it's it's unfair to expect... Ollie Pope to bat there. He's coming in like today, came in in the 12th over. He's probably never batted in the 12th over in a first-class match before because he always bats at number six for Surrey. So how are you supposed to know how to bat in that circumstance? Is he supposed to be positive? Is he supposed to leave everything? You know, it's very difficult to expect a young player of only 20, who's only played 16, 17 first-class games, to understand phases of the game and bowlers to watch out for and strategies and, and how to re- reassert them, themselves and get regain the initiative and all that. I think that's unfair. I think Pope will be a fantastic player, but I think at number four, it, it's ridiculous to expect him to, to be able to perform there and he needs to drop down the order, which means England need to find a number four and a number two. Well, to who are they? I mean, that, that's the problem. The reason Pope was batting at number four in the first place is because there, there wasn't really an alternative. David Milan was jettisoned and they brought Pope in. I'll tell what, you who I'm going to they... bat at number four. I'm going to bat Ben Stokes at number four. I mean, he got absolutely stuck in today and I don't think it should matter that he's a bowler. He's got stamina. He doesn't bowl you know, a huge amount of overs. He doesn't necessarily bowl early on in an innings so even if he's batted for a long time in a match he's got plenty of time to recover to to get into his overs I would bat him at number four he's he's a far better player at the moment than Ollie Pope 
he's obviously as good as Johnny Bairstow and England are going to have to face the fact that probably Bairstow won't be available for the next test or even the next two tests. So they've got to find somebody at number four who can really get stuck in. And Stokes proved that today. I put him in at number four. It's amazing, isn't it, how you know a week ago England had thrashed India at Lords, 2-0 up, everything looked rosy, there were suggestions of 5-0, India have gone, and then suddenly, you know, a week or so later, and it's England with all the problems. OK, they're still 2-1 and up in the series, but they've got lots of problems. What did you make of the current situation? I mean, you could have made an argument, and just, I mean, watch this game, you could have made an argument, actually, for England playing five seamers, and Curran might well have swung the ball around the corner here at, at, at Trent yes, Bridge. Yes, I, 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 I'm not sure, actually, that it would have been his pitch, though, because I think this pitch really rewarded tall bowlers or people who were quick. And in Bumrah's case, for instance, he was bowling 87, 80 miles an hour, 88 miles an hour. And Ishant Sharma, very tall, Stuart Broad also, that they were the, probably the most effective bowlers on this pitch. The shorter, skiddier, t- the, the chamois, it wasn't that effective. And I don't think, actually, that, that uh, Sam Curran would have been that effective on this pitch. I mean, I felt sorry for him that he had to miss out. In a funny sort of way, I think he should have played this test match instead of Stokes. But that's because I felt Stokes just needed a cooling-off period before after his court case, before coming back into the team. That was just a personal view. But Stokes actually has, has got really stuck in here and, and found some rhythm to his batting, which he hasn't really had up to now this summer. Uh, so, for me, number four for him. And I'd bring in Rory Burns of Surrey, the top run scorer in the country at the moment, a dogged left-hander, someone who you should be able to depend on to, to play a long innings, someone who's batted at the top of the order against the new ball and is familiar with the ball bouncing a bit as it does at the oval from a number of quick bowlers. So I would definitely uh, look at him. You know, it, Surely county championship runs should count for something. OK, let's just break off for a moment and hear from an Indian legendary batsman who's working here for TV and radio, Sunil Gavaskar. And it's been a bowler-dominated match, of course. And what I wanted to know from him is, does he lament the fact that the art of application from test match batsmen seems to be lost? No, actually, I don't, in the sense that uh, it's compensated for by... Uh by the fabulous stroke play that we get to see in limited overs cricket as well, and even in test cricket. So perhaps uh, at the start, I think the one thing that is clearly obvious is that the patience that is required at the start of the innings, while a batsman in the old days used to say, get set, get your eye in, and then play your shots. That's the only thing which is not there. But I just think, honestly, that cricket is far more entertaining now. One, because of the number of shots that are played, even in the first hour of, of the day's play. Also because some, uh, in attempting the shots, you sometimes get pickets. So either way, there's something or the uh, other to cheer. So, uh, yes, I think that's the way I look at it. How, how do you compare it to the way you approached batting? Well, in, in, I have to say that, you know, I think the times were different then. Test matches were the only, only, only form of cricket that was being played then. Maybe a little bit of uh, the 50 overs game had just just about started. So you were brought up to play for a five-day game. Uh, today, I think you look at most of the test matches, they finish in four days. And sometimes you still have 300, 400 runs being scored, but they are 300, 400 runs instead of being scored in a day and a half are being scored in a day today because of the, of the number of shots that are being played. And uh, so for us, it was maybe just a little bit easier. You were told to be patient, to give the first, excuse me, first half an hour, 45 minutes 
to the uh, the bowler. The next five and a half hours would be yours. That's what my my captain at the club Vasu Paranjpe said. Just give the first half an hour. And and what he what he meant was clearly, while the ball is hard and new, you don't know what the pitch is doing. The bowlers are fresh, so it's that time you take a back seat. Let the bowlers dominate. Let them beat you outside the off stump. Let them wrap you on the on the pads or on the on the gloves, whatever. But you just hang in there. Once that ball starts to lose this, lose the uh, the hardness. Once it starts to swing a little bit less. Once you get used to the pitch. Once your feet start to move, then you can cash in. Would you have liked to have played in this era where there seems to be a bit more freedom about the way that you bat? Absolutely, uh, for the simple reason that. Uh, there is, there is not maybe you you wouldn't be uh, scolded by your captain or by your coach or or anybody if you if you were out trying to play a shot. Um, in those days, you would be. I mean, what were you at the moment before you even uh, took off the first tap of your leg guard? There would be the captain in your ear saying, "What the hell were you trying to do? Trying to play that kind of a shot?" Even to you? Yes, of course. Um, so. Uh, no, not when I was captain. When I was captain, I would be saying it to myself, <laughs> "What the hell were you trying to do?" But that was that was the that was what it was. Now, because of uh, the, the limited overs cricket that is there, shots are accepted. That you know somebody will get out trying to play a shot. Uh, so I guess that's the difference. So can you uh, therefore use that as the explanation for? The fact that teams often fold now, don't they? You get these situations like we've got in this match where England obviously need 500, so they've got no chance. But in the first innings, you know, sort of 50 for none, suddenly being 160 all out. Well, but the thing is that waiting for the bowler to tire is, is not the way today's batsmen look at it. Today's approach is, and it is refreshing, it is exciting when it comes off, is take the attack to the opposition. Take the attack to the bowler. Throw him off. Hit him for a few boundaries. So once it comes out, like I said, it's very, very exciting. If it doesn't come off, you're back in the pavilion and, and watching somebody else score the runs you should have. With India showing a lot more discipline as far as the batting is concerned, I think India have a very good chance to level the series at Southampton. Have you been taking some of these players like Pajara and Rahani for... For little drives round <laughs> Mumbai to teach them focus. <laughs> well, I think most of the most of these guys now have uh, lovely big cars, and they have somebody else driving for them. Uh, so I couldn't afford a driver when I was when I got my first car. So so I had to drive myself. And of course, like I've said that to you before, that was my biggest help as far as concentration is concerned, because you had to keep looking. You know, straight, knowing that if you took your eye off the straight for even a nanosecond, something could come and hit you. So, which is the reason why uh, I didn't. Uh, I mean, I believe that you know, driving in Mumbai certainly helped my cricket. I wonder if maybe we need that with <laughs> one or two English batsmen. They need to try driving around London. Yes, I think maybe you know where they would probably realize that you know, yeah, London's very crowded now with the traffic. You don't go very fast. That's the only thing. Well, that's the, well, that's the only thing. But yes, I think more than anything else. Uh, I think it's just a mindset kind of situation. Mindset, if they can get their minds around the fact that this is a five-day game, this is a five-day game, and you can afford to play a few maiden overs. 
Well, I always like getting Sonny Gavaskar talking about driving, actually, and uh, he does seem to, to, to believe that driving in Mumbai helped him uh, focus as a batsman initially. But uh, what are England going to do from here? Well, obviously, they'll lose this match, and they'll have to just regroup, but they have to face up to the fact that this Indian attack, which is pretty severe, is not going to get any easier. Well, India now, I think, have picked their, their strongest side. They've got to their strongest side. Bumrah is fit and really provides a, a focal point for their attack. And I think the batting has sorted itself out a little bit as well. I think Pant just looks a stronger option than Kartik. I suppose the other thing is, is Ashwin going to be fit for the fourth Test match? Just struggling with that hip injury. He has got a week to get ready. He's a crucial member of their side. It feels as if the series is back on again. Didn't after Laws, but it does now. It does. Uh, it absolutely does. It's great for, for Test cricket generally. So we'll be back with the first day of the Aegeus Bowl Test, which starts on August the 30th. It's a, it's a Thursday start. We'll be back with you then. England having a bit of time just to lick their wounds and, and get their attack back to full force and work out what batsmen are going to, going to confront that very, very lively, sharp and aggressive Indian bowling attack. Thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you Thursday next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.